Hi, I'm Ray from Insert Quest here. My pronouns are they and she. This morning, I'm chatting to Chris, a queer game maker from the US. Chris has previously made supplements for other games, but his latest offering is a standalone work, Raccoon Sky Pirates. Chris, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Would you mind further introducing yourself for our audience? Hi, my name is Chris. Uh, my pronouns are he and him. And I think you nailed it. Yeah, I, I did a couple of things. Um, an adventure for Dungeon Crawl Classics, a, uh, a third party, and a, um, uh, a hack book for Ashen Stars by Pelgrane Press. And yeah, this is my first full game that I've published. So um, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's so amazing. I don't think... I've ever interviewed someone when it's their first full game before. I think it's always been like a fair bit into uh, making mm -hmm. games. Even when it has been new people, it's normally like, oh, well, I've written like 20,000 supplements and I was like, maybe I should make <laughs> my own game. Um, so I think that that is going to be interesting to explore with you. Um, I think i have actually read your uh dungeon crawl classic supplement before because the name was very familiar to me um it looked oh. uh yeah either i've read it or i've listened to an actual play of it um well that sounds exciting which. it's uh prison of the mad gods yeah uh uh and and if there's an actual play i would love to find it <laughs> yeah i not a hundred percent sure maybe i heard it on something but anyway uh i'm so excited to hear more about raccoon sky pirates obviously but uh first i want to start out with our customary first question and that's how did you first become interested in not just playing games but making them well i have an older brother his name is mike and he's a game designer video games and board games mainly and he he didn't get me into games but he got me he sort of opened the magic box you know that shows that real mortal people make games and how cool that could be um i you know i grew up on dungeons and dragons and um going to cons and all i think the 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 sort of well, first of all, my brother Mike, he got me into uh, making a video game with him, and and that was a lot of fun. Although I was doing the graphics, not the design. And um, around that same time, I was getting back into role playing games as an adult. And when I saw, um, when I finally encountered Powered by the Apocalypse games, it just sort of blew my mind. Um, I think they're just so good at evoking genre and um putting mechanical uh, uh things struts in there that actually evoke the genre and um so i started trying to make some powered by the apocalypse games and kind of went over the cliff in terms of just designing my own games from scratch like without without that that engine underneath and designing my own engines um and that's led me to to the place I am now. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's really interesting. Um, interesting that your 
that your brother had been making games, but in a different medium and how yeah. that, how that led you to this one kind of indirectly, which is kind of cool. And um, I mean, the first one he, he, he sort of showed me was a role-playing game he was making. Um, so he has done some of that, but then it was mainly video games and, and board games. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah. That's very cool. So I think obviously after that, you, you ended up publishing your, uh, uh those two books you mentioned earlier the mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. thing for ashen stars and as uh, ashen stars yeah yeah stars. <laughs> and yeah. and the and the uh mad god um so w- how did raccoon sky pirates come about uh and you know what is it <laughs> so a little under a year ago last october i think um my partner and i were woken up in the middle of the night by our dogs barking like crazy and we 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 sleep upstairs we went out to where they were barking and snuffling at the upstairs back door which just leads out onto a balcony and um uh we peered through the glass it was you know light inside dark outside i couldn't see anything i was half asleep my partner saw all kinds of stuff and she later told me about it and and said, yeah, there were like a dozen raccoons on the balcony and they were picking up little flower pots and looking in them, setting them down and pooping in the bigger flower pots and scratching, trying to get inside. And I was really bummed I had missed it, but it sort of gave me this instant image like they had climbed down a, a, an anchor chain to get to our balcony and that they were just going to move on to other houses if they couldn't get in. And so that just led me to think about what if they had gotten in, what would have happened, what kind of mad chase would that have been? And um, so I, I sort of made this game to make up for not having seen the, the amazing Assault of Raccoons. That's a pretty cool origin story for a, <laughs> for a book. I'm not going to lie. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, wow, that's really cool. It's, so obviously I live in Australia, so we don't have raccoons. I see them only in Instagram yet. videos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yet, right? Can you imagine if someone introduced raccoons? I guess we have possums, which are kind of similar, but way less mischievous. They're apparently in Europe. And from what I read, it's due to a couple of daring prison breaks by the raccoons. Oh. Like they weren't intended to be introduced. Like they, they got ahead of the zoo? Out. Maybe yeah, yeah. Some yeah, sort of wow. petting zoo, or and they get out worse. and they get in. Wherever, yes, I was gonna say even worse if they got out of it, like um, someone's exotic pet enclosure. Yes, just yeah, just don't have exotic pets. Don't get like weird <laughs> animals that. I mean, obviously, any pet that we really have shouldn't really be. Like, shouldn't be bringing dogs and cats to to Australia, but here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Definitely should not have brought cats as much as I love cats. And rabbits Please are a thing, right? Yeah, rabbits. Somebody brought rabbits because he's like, I wanna I wanna hunt rabbits. And rabbits are <laughs> everywhere. Cane toads, oh, which were brought in to oh, no. <laughs> cane toads which were brought in to deal with uh like cane grubs, which had also arrived because sugar cane <laughs> and, uh, and, ca- oh, and no. 
there's a lot of like, ah, oh, we'll bring the, the, the spider to catch the fly and then it not <laughs> working out at all. Um, oh dear, I'm so sorry. Yeah. On behalf of everywhere that's not Australia. <laughs> I mean, it's purely the European settlers' faults. Like, right, right, should right. not have been trying to grow sugar cane. Anyway. Not a, um, yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, so, so, Raccoon yes, Sky Pirates raccoon. kick-started earlier this year. You said uh, in your email to me that it kick-started in summer. So that would have been like... Uh, in February, actually. Um, oh, in February. Uh, I don't know why I spoken. said... I don't know uh, why I read summer. Or maybe I read February was like, ah, oh, that's summer because it's summer here. Um, either way, earlier <laughs> oh, yes, this yes, year. Of course. Yes. Um, and so you're you're sort of in the fulfillment stage now. Uh, what has that mm-hmm. experience been like for you as a as a I'm guessing this was your first Kickstarter project? First Kickstarter, totally first Kickstarter. I was really lucky that it was a uh, a, a Zine Quest Kickstarter where they're like essentially, you know, they're 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 Emphasizing, make it lo-fi, keep it simple, and uh, and, um, yeah. and, and and I had a, 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 like a six-page version of, of this game already that made me think, oh, this is practically done. I I'll I'll just do it for Kickstarter, and um, and I, I'm getting to the fulfillment part, but it's because in the in the launching of the Kickstarter part. I was, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to fund, and then I funded relatively quickly, uh, in like eight hours. And that's pretty um, good. And I, I was on, over the moon, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to make stretch goals." And so, <laughs> a couple of more like additions to the design, which was already <laughs> not maybe a good idea. Uh, and but then these others were like, "I'll make a deck of, car- deck of cards and a, a twelve-sided die," and. Um, <laughs> I had no idea how much this would actually cost, and I did a little like cursory research, but not enough. And um, and so then I didn't we think we would meet the stretch goals, and then we got to the stretch goals. And so so at the end of two weeks, because it's a short Kickstarter, uh, I was buzzing. I was practically bouncing off the walls, and because um, uh, <laughs> I'm bipolar, and so and I'm medicated, but some things just tweak my my the little controls and this was one of them and so you know it was very easy to plan for this won't make this won't fund and, mm-hmm. and everybody will uh will forget about me it was not easy to plan for both that and for what if it's actually successful so so i couldn't hold both of my head at the same time but then then it was successful so then i went about looking like okay how much does it cost to get some cards made and where can i get that done and I ended up asking the one of the designers of Dialect, beautiful game, the beautiful deck of cards, where uh, where they got their cards done, and and they gave me the name of a place in China, and um, and so I had been shopping around other places, but but nothing was was quite satisfactory. So I went with them, and and, and so far that's looking great. I don't have the cards yet. <laughs> um, uh, I, they'll be mailed to me sometime. I guess they're being mailed to me about now, and then they'll get to me end of September, you know, October, if everything's gone as planned. I need to check in with them again. The 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 12-sided die was a little bit more of an odyssey because it turns out there's only like one place that I can find in the world that will do a custom 12-sided die, uh, and it's in Poland. Q Workshop in Poland. 
and and they've been very nice and and very accommodating. I, I did each of the numbers in a different font to make it look more junkyard like. The, the twelve the tw- the twelve faces. I face can't a imagine that would be cheap <laughs> to get each number in a different. Well, face. it was in for uh, a penny and for a pound, so to speak, because I I um uh they're all custom faces anyway. It was yeah. so it wasn't actually more expensive. It was just going to be the same price, uh, but it was just more work to get right. uh, um to get face you know designs that will not chip you know because mm. they carve out a little recess area and fill it with ink and um if the little spurs of raised spots in between engraved spots are too narrow they'll they'll, they'll chip off either in production or in shipping and um and so i went around with him a couple of times on the design i um uh, i was getting really picky and then, like other stuff came up, I'd actually write the game and play test the game. And then suddenly it was months later, and I was like, "Oh my god, um, the, the you know you know what the design we have is great, which it is, it's awesome. Um, how long will it take for you to get it to me?" And they're like, "Probably end of November." I was like, "What? No, you said you could get it to me in just like you know a, a, a month and a half." And they were like, "Yeah, that was in February." Um, and, yeah. and they've been very accommodating, um, but like, the, you know, p- orders pile up and, um, and, and, and also like, we've yeah. got like a shipping global shipping crisis at the moment yes. where like all yes. of, all of the, uh, shipping and stuff is all skew if there's some like <laughs> weird thing going on with America at the moment where it's not oh, no. cost effective to send, uh, shipping containers back. Oh, because like there's nothing back to China specifically because there's not a lot that America exports to China I guess um, <laughs> I guess not and so and so there's no real cost effective way to load up a shipping uh, a ship with a bunch of sh- empty shipping containers um, oh. I know that's like one of the pinch points at the moment it's too expensive to return shipping containers to china so they're having to manufacture more shipping containers in order to ship stuff to the united states Um, and and i mean you know a lot of people are sort of getting their entire household needs met with mail order mm -hmm. and that can't be good yeah Um, no that's not good either (laughs) so yeah (laughs) bottleneck i'm not surprised that it's gonna take a bit yeah yeah and it'll, it'll all work out but um uh the, the 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 cost of mailing stuff out has also been a bit of a surprise because when I set mm-hmm. the I did do research on what shipping costs were going to be but it was for a flat envelope um, yeah and now you've got you to know fit for it a zine a, now yeah. it's got to be a box um, so some of it has been really fun uh, some of it has been sort of ridiculously banal um, but I'm such a fan of actual objects you know books mm-hmm. you can read and 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 dice and cards and, and so i'm really excited to get the stuff and and it looks like it's gonna you know be really nicely made so i'm i'm just this is all lesson learned lessons learned for the next kickstarter which i'm sure i'll, I'll have one hopefully sometime in 2022 uh, that you know that like 
and like um i i get a lot of uh i, I ask for a lot of game design advice from avery alder who mm-hmm. sort of has a service you can sort of subscribe and get her her thoughts on what you're making and um and it's been fantastic and kind of a lifesaver and um one of the things she said early on was make sure you budget in enough for shipping and then she came back to like no really make sure you budget in enough for shipping and um and now i know what she was talking about yeah yeah especially <laughs> with with physical objects um yeah, yeah. i'm always yeah. i'm always nervous uh thinking when i design a game in my head that needs like physical objects and i'm like i'm never going to be able mm-hmm. to make this how am i going to be able to pay for pay for yeah. the manufacture of a bunch of cards <laughs> uh and then to I, ship them because like all of the things about shipping for for you in the united states worse in australia because australia is australia has a population of a very very small country mm. in the in the space of a very very large country 20 <laughs> 25 million people live in uh-huh. australia that's like less than the population of california i think um yeah. and and our country is roughly the same uh square kilometers as the united states the contiguous United States. Oh, wow. Um, so <laughs> huge area, very low population, which means, and also it's kind of far away. It's not near other countries, quote unquote, in the same way that like the United States and Europe are near other countries. So mm-hmm. like shipping stuff to here is expensive. Shipping stuff to here from the United States is incredibly expensive um, and vice versa because there's nothing else here. So like if you ship something to the United States, you can also do Canada and Mexico and Panama Mm -hmm. and all of these places. If you ship something to Australia, you can do Australia. You can maybe do <laughs> New Zealand, but they're not actually connected. And you can maybe do some small Pacific Island nations, but again, they're not actually connected like right. the United States is. Like at the moment, <laughs> at the moment, there's a weird shipping thing happening in the United States where to get around some trade embargoes that the US has with China, they're shipping mm. stuff to the port of LA um, and in bonded trucks which are like have some weird legal thing where they're like, these do not technically count as entering the United States. They offload them and then truck them to Tijuana and then to an Amazon fulfillment center. And then they ship out from there. So Amazon's getting around this trade embargo with the United States um, and between the United States and China by saying, no, 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 no. These go to Mexico, (laughs) but they're offloading in China going to uh, in the united states sorry going by a truck to mexico and then being all the product is being sent back into the united states um you can't have systems like that in australia they if it's something arrives Uh in australia it's only going to australia Uh uh-huh uh-huh um 
There's no bridge to Indonesia or anything. Yeah, no, it'd be a very long bridge. I I mean, there's no bridge to Indonesia, Papua New Guinea or any of those places. Much, and also they're like considered distinct nations, obviously, but that's actually really frustrating for the indigenous populations of those areas. Um, So Mm. like the the Torres Strait Islanders, like for time immemorial, have been traveling through all of that space and yeah. then australia comes along it's like no 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 no. you're crossing borders now you're not allowed to it's like what the fuck are you talking about what's a border um, <laughs> it's your thing about flags yeah do you have a flag yeah exactly so i mean speaking wow. about uh crossing borders uh and in and invading places uh raccoon sky pirates Obviously, uh, we know that it involves raccoons and the sky and pirating uh, and probably a deck of cards and I guess a D12. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. The only other thing can... I know about it mechanically is that I believe you resolve scenes rather than actions. Is that correct? There are actions. You just don't know what they're going to be until you roll. Oh, that's uh, it. That's right, 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 right. So, so you have a, and you can play with a regular deck of poker cards. Um, you have a, uh, a, a thing you are trying to do in general, get across the, across town to the suburbs, um, get inside a house, steal something. Uh, but then you just, you, every raccoon has a different set of three approaches that they can pick from. You pick an approach like stylish deft or or cunning and uh, um then you roll a d12 and you, each raccoon has a different list of actions that that the d12 gives them and each action is tagged with one or more of those approaches so if you you know I'll, I'll bring up um one of them uh so if if you picked cunning and the action you did, which is like throw trash or raccoon is tagged with the word cunning, uh, then you, what you did is helpful. Otherwise it's really not helpful. Um, and you, um, uh, and you have to describe how things go wrong and you have to mark a problem on the problem track for either the ship or the house. And the, as the, the problem tracks only got like, four or six problems on it before you hit catastrophe. And that's either the residents of the house waking up or the ship exploding. Nice. Um, So, so yeah, so so you things go bad quickly. The cart. So yeah. What was this? uh, uh, Brisket Jack has cunning, deft and stylish as his approaches. And if you, cunning and you roll a six that's great that's fast talk or confuse somebody and then you describe how that plays out how how because you're a raccoon you don't know what you're going to do from one moment to the next so so yeah you so just, it's kind so it of in your head it's kind of emulating this uh this sense of chaos and this personification of of chaos in a way in that like yes you're you're trying to steer the chaos that is your raccoon <laughs> Yes, uh, and like yes, a raccoon totally. might have an idea of like, oh, I'm gonna be stylish or cunning, but like they don't necessarily know how. 
and then they try and then the the impulse to do a thing arrives and it's like hmm does this line up um, right. so that's an interesting gelling of i don't know that's a really interesting mechanic for for trying to yeah to trying to embody uh a really chaotic being i can uh-huh. i can definitely okay. see a skin of this where you're playing like actual chaos spirits yes oh my it's, god that would be great. and it's just trying to like convince uh some humans <laughs> to do some great act of chaos it's like how do we convince <laughs> someone to follow a plan when we are embodiments of chaos and abhor right. plans <laughs> yes yes I, i'm picturing a committee meeting of chaos spirits and it's yeah. just not going well yeah yeah so things things definitely get weird and 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 uh messy and the you know every new problem adds to the story too people have had fun being like oh i guess this is what i'm doing well here's how that plays out you know here here's how it works in the context of the story uh it's so that you know, your action ends up just being sort of a, a story prompt um like i guess this is what i'm doing now and uh and it's it's worked out pretty well people were initially uh playtesters some were kind of skeptical but it it, it turned out well skeptical of um, the of the mechanics of like of what but i can't choose a, what i do yeah, yeah it, there's a yeah. there's an aspect of not having agency which i think two two thoughts come to mind one that's not really something we often do in role playing game design um explicitly anyway um you mm. see it in adventure design a lot where people are like going to take away agency but they don't really think of it that way um mm-hmm. but that is what's happening but also i think that is a really interesting space to play with so i can understand why people would be apprehensive but also that's not <laughs> i can't think of another game that explicitly takes away agency from you at every turn like that it's um, funny the yeah the 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 raccoons have less agency than the players themselves yeah. like like cuz yeah, players get to point. describe what happens you know it's really more of like um everybody yeah, gets a chance to add to the story it's just a story of chaos uh that's but, a but, really good point actually cuz you're not like you you you're right you're not taking that much agency away from the player but you are taking mm-hmm. a lot from the character it's just that normally we think of the two as synonymous it's it's yeah. asking you to it's not really playing with tragedy but it is <laughs> asking you to do a similar thing to what games that are focused around tragedy do which is like lean into bad stuff happening mm-hmm. when it happens mm-hmm. and like that's mm-hmm. going to make the story more dramatic and more interesting um Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think it's an interesting mechanical space that you're playing in there for sure. Thanks. And I, it's, I it's, it's been wild. Yeah, and I think it is it seems rather um rather innovative to me in that I can't think of other examples. Obviously, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of game design, but it's still I can't think of another game that does that maybe There might be something like that in Bluebeard's Bride from memory, but I can't remember for sure. Oh. 
Maybe. I, know, I don't think so, though. But anyway, it's very interesting, to, to say the least. Um, I'm curious about what kinds of raccoons you couldn't play, because you obviously mentioned a couple. I realise that's probably a very standard question. No, no. <laughs> it's a, I, uh, it's a, I haven't been asked that before, actually. It's, uh, okay, there's, there's, there's six raccoons. Um, there's... And I, I just went ahead and named them because um, uh, the zine. I, I think if I were to do it again, I might give people a pick list. But there's Brisket Jack, the swashbuckler. There's Maria Triple XL, the colossus. Um, yep. There's uh, Vibrissa, the inventor. Torchkey, the daring thief. Kit, the littlest raccoon. And Rabies <sighs> Eddie, the untamable beast. I, love, I actually think giving them names is really good. Um, oh, yeah? because okay. it it immediately instills a bit of character. So if you're the kind mm-hmm. of a, if you're playing this as like a pickup game or something, or a one shot, like it's you don't have to try and come up with a whole raccoon character. You just have to be like, oh, I'm right. this triple XL. <laughs> I'm big. <laughs> I'm kit. I'm teeny. Like I th- I think it's really good, even if they're just names and three um, approaches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can just pick lists for the look and uh, relationships with other raccoons, and that each one is asked to pick a, a, a personal goal, which if you can achieve that and achieve it at the expense of your fellow raccoons, you can advance your character. Um, I, 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 I like it, to be honest. I think it's it's cool. It's, uh, it's close to the... Um, I've seen a few people talk about this uh, over the last few years, which is this idea of rather than pre-gens archetypes in the way, like archetypal characters. Um, I think Mm -hmm. more people are familiar with this now because it was in a Brian David Gilbert video, but the idea of the Commedia dell'arte where you have a cast of characters Mm. that are common to the narrative and you pull them off for the story that you're, that you're telling a similar kind of vibe where these are almost stock characters that you're grabbing and imbuing with, uh, with energy. It's a bit more than a pre-gen. There's a little bit more Mm -hmm. of an implication of character than a pre-gen normally has. And I think you're kind of almost on a similar track there and I I'm into it. Um, Mm -hmm. I can see though why you might, want to go the other way because you're talking about advancement and stuff so like well i mean i think it's mostly going to be played in one shots but but i did put in some rules to support return trips Mm, return voyages across the neighborhoods Um, yeah indiana uh, Indiana uh, jones uh and the (laughs) and i can't remember what the second one is called temple of doom Yes, yes, right, right, yes, the second the, ill-advised the adventure. The second one that is set before the first. Oh, yes, yes, okay, that's maybe, maybe I'll have to make a <laughs> raccoon prequel, that would be funny. A raccoon uh, prequel, how we, how we got of... our boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So they have an actual um, yeah. boat, is the implication yes, from what yes, you said. Yes, initial, uh, the, the first thing you do after picking your characters is you make the boat. Uh, um, a flying ship made out of junk from the junkyard. It's made of at least three things, a wrecked car, a home appliance, and an old carnival ride. 
and there are pick lists for each of those and uh, each of them enables you to do something different. And, and, and so then, many of those swingy chair carnival, you know, the, the one that's yes, just the that, chairs on yeah. chains, that one. I want yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that they're just so unsafe. <laughs> so it seems like a natural thing. Um, but the, uh, the, then, you know, you sort of go around and give everybody a chance to pick something different. And there's, there's, you know, picking what makes it fly or what makes it float. And, um, and there's a lot of options for that. Uh, like dark energy or cavorite or. I was, I was going to ask how fantastical uh, are the, are the options? And then you went with dark energy. I'm like, okay, pretty, pretty fantastic. It, well, it's, it starts with, uh, there's sort of a spectrum. It starts with hot air and, mm. and hot helicopter blades. And then it gets, uh, it gets more, um, uh, fantastical. The, 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 the most off the wall one, I think is the fifth element. Nice. Um, nice. Yes. See, now, if I was playing, yeah. I would be tempted to make a movie reference there. I'm like, yeah, there's just some girl at the middle of the, of the ship <laughs> leaping, and that makes it float. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got Mila Jovovich in, in this middle of your ship. It's yeah. Just, don't question it, man. Just, just work around her. It'll be fine. <laughs> She's waiting for the <laughs> Monashirin to come back. Uh, <laughs> big robo penguins. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well cool 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 i i like it it sounds like a good time so obviously we've already talked a little bit about uh the kickstarter fulfillment um mm -hmm. how so i assume that there is art to the game it's something that yes. i often fail to talk about is the art in a game um yeah did who did you do the the illustration? I did, or did, I did all the drawings. Yeah, that is awesome. What was that like? Because I've never oh, done that for a so game. Much, it was so <laughs> much fun. I um. Oh right, because you have a background in that kind of stuff, right? Because you mentioned that yeah. you've done that for your brother's video game as well that you worked on together. Yes, yes, and although I would never work in uh, art in video games again, uh, uh, <laughs> no matter what, uh, uh, doing this for my own game was so much fun, and I got out these nib pens and just, especially for some of these drawings, like the map of the neighborhoods, I just really got in there and little hatching, um, tiny little strokes. Uh, the, the raccoon art is, is also pretty scratchy, and uh, had a lot of cross hatching. You get their furry bits in there. Um, um, <laughs> tails. I mean, uh, and They're furry bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, so that's been that's been really great. Uh, I I think I I would draw more if I had a always a clear sense of what work the drawing needed to do and what oh. function you need to perform and then having this game it was like well i know what this stuff needs to do i you know i need to illustrate these concepts i need to show these raccoons and um uh so it gave me a focus you know something to to, to a reason for the drawings to exist did Just you did you spy a space in the 
the the document as you were making it and go, I should put a piece of art here? Or did you make the art and then look for places to put it? I was trying to be really disciplined. And so I like laid out the, the zine and then I was like, I need art to fill these spaces. Mm -hmm. I was, if anything, I was too exacting about that um, because I made all these, I was like, okay, the zine's done. I'm, I'm going to make these drawings. I made all these drawings, um, like a lot of them, it seemed to me, um, uh, like 12 of them or so. I, I haven't counted. But, um, and then I need to make changes to the text. And Avery was like, yeah, you really want to, uh, because what I had done is I, I, had, I had done it the way newspapers are laid out, which is like the text goes right up to this point. And then there's a, an image up, up to this other point, and then uh, text video, yeah. everything's boxed in. And, Whereas and, and for a, a role playing game, you sort of almost a little want space the text is more to... forgiving. Yeah, yeah. A, a little bit more more breathing, a little you know uh, open space. Uh, uh, now, some role playing games I've seen, like uh, 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 Pathfinder or some of these Pelgrane Gumshoe books, they really do lock things in pretty tight. Uh, but Avery was like. I always try to leave a little room so that when you have to make changes like the ones you're going to make now, it's okay. And, and mm -hmm. the, the layout still works. And I was, then I started thinking about dream askew and dream apart. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really, you know, and it doesn't feel like, like people are cheating with the space. It just feels sort of open and relaxed. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, next game I make will be more like that. Yeah. I always think about what, I always like circle back to this thought of how much of a killer combo it must be to be able to do um, illustration or, or painting or visual art in that flat medium. So obviously I'm not mm. talking about sculpture um, <laughs> uh, and game design because being a, like those two oh, art really does help. So seemingly, so much yeah i know it totally does yeah with uh bringing uh at the very least bringing a game to life and at the most it is the thing your game will be sold on right um, yeah. it's the thing people are going to see it's the thing people are going to be like oh wow this game has amazing art go check it out and it's like okay what are the mechanics like it's the setting and it's like yeah hey, go look at the art and like those it's two, so unfair. Uh, like, it's, it's obviously, so unfair. as designers, we know that like good art doesn't mean the game is going to be <laughs> going to be good. But being but, able to do both, being able to design and make a game, and also illustrate, like that, honestly, would give you must give. I would feel like I would have such an advantage, <laughs> but that's. Obviously, from the outside, as someone who doesn't have illustration, so I'm interested to know if you feel uh, feel like it does give you an advantage. I'll I'll see how well people like my drawings. You know, <laughs> um, I, I uh, it, it certainly enabled me to put together a complete zine, which was good, um, and to be flexible when I did need to come up with new art. But uh, it also takes a lot of time. Yeah, that's true. You know, it does double your workload. I think more than like like I got so used to being in game design space where it's like I'm oh, writing I, I, text. I, I'm I meant double in the sense that you've got another job. 
but I, yeah, when oh, absolutely. You're, when you're yeah. right, it would probably be way more work to do illustration. It, well, it's just so time consuming. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not dissing it. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. Like I say, when I know why the drawing needs to exist, it's fun. And, um, and I'm doing some original art for people who, who backed at a high level, uh, doing 20 of those, uh, like, you know, sort of custom raccoon. Um, but, but, uh, it's, it's just like, okay, I'm getting to the drawing table and everything slows down. I might mm. do a drawing in a day if it's a good day, you know? And um, like, yeah, it's just game design by contrast moves almost at the speed of thought. You have to play test things, um, but that doesn't even feel like work a lot you of the time. Sometimes yeah. you have to play test things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I should have play tested this more. Like, I, I, yeah, that's definitely where I fall on playtesting. Or any amount of playtesting you can do is go a good amount of yes. playtesting. Uh, if you can yes. do more, do more. If you can't, if you can do no, none, absolutely. that's that's fine too. Like obviously, one playtest is better than zero. And but uh, and, but also, and, and I envy I envy the creative space that I think a lot of lyric games come out of, where people are just like, I had this dream. I'm going to put it down on paper and put it out and there it goes. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I, I don't know, obviously, but it seems like a lot of those aren't place tested. They're just, they're little haikus, little poems. And, and they just sort of go out in the world, like a paper boat down the stream. And yeah. also if and you're not making it, if you're not making a physical artifact of it, you actually, you have more uh -huh. flexibility to not play mm -hmm. test. Cause like, I know that I didn't play live, love, die, remember until like i think probably a couple of weeks after it had published and i was like oh hang on <laughs> this, this line of text is actually super annoying in play to do uh oh wow and, and so i changed it and updated all the documents uh and that was fine or, or like last night's on earth has gone through like five revisions and there's a sixth mm -hmm. on the way that will hopefully be the final revision um, <laughs> But there are physical copies of Last Night's on Earth out in the world with completely different rule systems to what <laughs> version 6 has because wow. version 1 was a hack of um, big motherfucking crab truckers and version 6 <laughs> is its wholly own thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, I'm going to have to... Really, yeah, they're iterative, so they're not like whole new mm -hmm. additions. They're just like... Mm -hmm. They were very yeah. slow changes, and now it's a different game. <laughs> Mechanically, <laughs> it's the same game thematically. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> I I I did play just as a bunch, and I learned something new every time. And, and I just mm -hmm. it's hard to roll up with, especially like I play. Do you know the Gauntlet gaming community? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know. I'm I'm tangentially connected to a bunch of Gauntlet people. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and so it's hard to roll up to like a gauntlet game or any game with, where you have a, a, a game you're saying right from the start is not done and play test it with strangers. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, the, the, the people, my normal gaming group are all kind of distributed in space and time and, um, and can't always get together. And the gauntlet has been a godsend in that way, but I had to get over a lot of reluctance to be like, okay, here's this game. Um, let's have fun. 
you know, I don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, um, so I think that's been like the single hardest thing is just to be like, nope, we're going to play this and I'll instantly have ideas of things to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I, I, I was making changes as recently as, because it's still a PDF only right now. I mm-hmm. haven't printed it, but that's coming up in the next week or so. Uh, and, um, and so I was still making changes like last week. Uh, like, like, oh my God, this could be simpler. La, 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 la. I, I have this problem where I am too responsive to criticism or I have had it in the past. Mm, yeah, someone, I know that feeling. Someone will, someone will be like, oh, this could be different. And I'm like, oh, you're right. It could be different. And then it's like, but. <laughs> so like I have yes. been iterating on this one game design, um, my Powered by the Apocalypse Net game for like ages and f- probably in the middle of it there was a lot of like someone would make a suggestion and i'd be like yes and then i'd make like three changes immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like hang on we no. don't know how that interacts with the rest and like the thing <laughs> that made me uh change that way of thinking was one how long i had been working on it and two was a friend was like i think this would actually be better if it was uh blades in the dark if it was a forge of the dark <gasps> game it's like no <laughs> no 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 no, one, I don't, like, I don't like running Forged in the Dark. It's too complicated for me, uh, mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. I enjoy playing it. It's on. It's a, It's a. right on the line between too complicated and just mm-hmm. complicated enough in that on the player-facing side, it's just complicated enough that I can mm-hmm. still grasp all the pieces. And then on the GM side, I'm like, I can't with the clocks and the tracking and the managing position <laughs> and... And all of this nuts. Yeah. I can't do it. Um, and so there's a lot. There's a and lot. so that it, was when I was like, no, we need to, we need to stop. And so now I only, I don't change things. If I think of a better mechanic, I only ch- change things. If the current mechanic isn't working as well as the new one, there was something like that that came mm-hmm. up recently. Um, uh, but it doesn't really matter because we're here to talk about your thing. So I have a question about playtesting for you. And that yeah. is when yeah. you, uh, when you're setting up to playtest with, with new, relatively new people on the gauntlet and stuff, have you done a lot of, um, I can't think of a, a neat way to, a neat noun for this, but have you done a lot of like setting the stage by saying, Hey, we're going to play this. I want to test this aspect of play. Like I'd really like for us to use this mechanic if we can. Yes. Um, uh, It's a, you know, it's, it's a relatively compact game. So Mm. everything it's hard to test one thing without sort of testing all of it. Uh, But yeah, definitely like, okay, I want to test complications or I, I I want to, you know, I, I, I want to get your feedback on, um, did the game move fast enough or yeah. um, uh, were the, were, you know, were, was each scene clear about what you had to do um, mm-hmm. and, and did any of them drag? Uh, oh, that, that I, want, I want us to hit catastrophe. So I'm going to start the problem track <laughs> at three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. People have actually been pretty good at avoiding catastrophe. Um, I had to sort of, I had to, to to goose the catastrophe, make it more more likely to happen. More likely to happen, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm having 
Yeah, I have that problem with harm tracks and stuff. I'm like, this is not deadly enough for the for the NPCs <laughs> and too deadly for the players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't want to be mean to the players. That's, mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Wow. So, so what's next for for you? Obviously, your focus right now on getting the fulfillment done. That's probably going to be yeah. sometime after November because you're waiting on dice yeah. and cards. Um, I'm guessing yeah. you can probably print the book locally, right? Because yeah, it, yeah. There's a couple of great places here. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, so that'll something... be something. <laughs> That's something I've done with a lot of my zine format stuff is like, I'm just going to print it at Officeworks. <laughs> We're going to go to the, yeah. the the office supply chain that has a copy place in it. And I'm just going to do that, um, which is mm -hmm. an advantage of not having like cards and stuff that need to be printed. But also then you don't have cool cards as cool artifacts. Yeah, yeah, I'm a sucker for the cards. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so the next thing. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So what's next? What What's the next thing that you're excited to make or do in this space? So the, the thing I really, really want to do is a sword and sorcery game that is, like, queer. Yeah. Uh, like, like, you know, I, I, I'm, in a way, I'm a real fan of like Conan and uh, all those old pulp stories uh, and the movies. Oh God. Well, at least the first one. Uh, but, but then, you know, you go back and read them when you're a little older uh, or you watch the movie again, you're like, Oh my God, this is terrible. This is so awful. Racist, orientalist, homophobic, misogynist. And so I don't, I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm working on making a game that's roughly based on No Dice No Masters. That mm. is um, uh, that 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 is, you know, a, a post-Atlantean sword and sorcery. Uh, uh, you know, you know what really made me think that the genre was salvageable was Princess Mononoke. You know that movie? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It. It, 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 I've watched it so many times, but, but there's one time I, I sat down and watched it and I was like, this has a lot of the same elements as a Conan story. Um, a barbarian from somewhere else and, and uh, um, you know, uh, 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 gods walking the earth and giant animals and, um, uh, and, 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 and sorcery. And so, um, but but it's just so much more humane. So I draw yeah. a lot of inspiration from that. I think it's interesting with that comparison too, is to think about the fact that the quote unquote barbarian within that story is an indigenous person. Yes. yes. Uh, and I wonder if maybe that's like the shift, right? You're shifting from like the like Conan is a barbarian as weird outsider who who uh who doesn't belong um and is to a degree backwards or whatever like that's how they paint barbarians i mean you know yeah right 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 um whereas i can't remember his name uh, ashitaka ashitaka is un un it's 
unsure of how intentional this is, but is, uh, by virtue of being a relatively modern depiction of an indigenous uh, person, is like, he's not foreign. <laughs> he is mm -hmm. of this place in a way that the people around him can't really connect to. Yes, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, he but sees like, things with fresh yeah. eyes because he's yeah. coming from from um, uh, from the west, I think, or the east. I forget. He's coming from from the other side, uh, and he's. It's just so much better. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, for for yeah. whatever reason, it is at least more informed by like uh, a more a more. Uh, grounded and faithful um, connection to uh, indigenous culture instead of stereotypes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure absolutely. that I'm sure that the <laughs> that the I cannot remember the name of the actual indigenous group he's based on. I want to say it's the Anu. I, knew, I can I, I can write it. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> I think they're the Ainu. Yeah, yeah. Um, who yeah. are the indigenous people of Japan? I would be, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see an analysis from their perspective. It would. That would be, I would, yeah, I would gladly be, sit down for that. Be keen. Um, <laughs> and yeah. then get them to watch Conan. And be like, <laughs> what do you think about this depiction of... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And Conan is indigenous, I guess, to, uh, to, to, to Samaria, but um, it's just so messed up, you know? And, and, and the Schwarzenegger oh, thing... Yeah. It's yeah. messed up, yeah. uh, um, but it, it's. Uh, it, but, but like but they there's don't, they don't in there, they don't you know? conceptualize it that way. They really, right, right, right. when they're yeah. thinking about it. I, 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 right, no, they don't conceptualize it at all that way. Um, but, but I, I think that there's, there's still a genre in there after you peel all this horrible stuff off of it, and mm. that's what I'm trying to portray. And, yeah, definitely. And it has tokens like. Um, uh, no dice, no masters, or belonging outside belonging. Um, uh, but uh, I'm going to make a bag. Like I, I'm going to have everybody have a little pouch that you draw tokens out of. And there's three colors of tokens, so there's some randomness built back into it. Um, That's another I physical object. It is. It is. <laughs> and I'm a sucker for them. But I'm. I'm gonna. You know, like if uh, if if the quiet year can have a a single pouch with all these skulls in it. I think I can have a pouch for each player with these tokens. Uh, I mean, check in with me in a year and I'll tell you <laughs> if I was crazy or not. Maybe partner <laughs> with an Etsy store. Ha, huh, yeah. No, I've definitely been sourcing uh, uh, glass beads, glass tokens. I've got yeah. way too many of them in my, in my home already um, just from exploratory like searches. Mm. Um, and they keep getting smaller, which is good because that's easier to deal with. Yeah, thinking. less less white, less volume. But I'm also going to make a a uh, an online bag of tokens, so you could play oh, nice. just with a website. Yeah, cool. It sounds yeah. exciting. I'm always like, I always lament: is my work obviously queer enough? Uh, so uh -huh. I, I'm I'm uh -huh. here for need to make a queer sword and sorcery game. Um, and I like, still want to lean into the queerness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I've I want 
I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I yearn for that queer content. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel it. Um, so uh, obviously we're almost, well, of, may not be obvious, but we're almost out of time. Um, okay. Where can people find you uh, online? Where can they find out more about uh, Raccoon Sky Pirates and uh, follow your work? I'm on Twitter and itch and a little bit on Instagram as hectic electron. And you also have and a, website. a website by that name too. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. And we'll have links to all of those down below. Um, obviously it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, it's so nice to uh, talk to you about uh, Kickstarter for fulfillment and, and the raccoons and, <laughs> and their characterization um if you enjoyed this interview please uh click through and check out uh our other ones we have interviews with game makers and game designers uh from all across the world uh and you can find those by clicking on the interview tag the interview category or the interview playlist if you're on soundcloud uh, yeah uh thank you so much for listening thank you so much for being on the show chris thank you so much for having me this has been really great Fantastic. Uh, and farewell from the past. I'm Ray. <laughs>